0: Hi, I'm David Ireland, the Wildlife Man. Welcome to another Wildlife Man podcast. This is episode number 12, and the story is titled Cannibals and Headhunters. Now I warn you, today's story is not suitable for children. It's a rather scary story. It also showcases this horrendous looking knife and how it was used By headhunters. Now today's story is sponsored by Kess Gallery. They have the most amazing aerial photography of the Sydney region. Now my grandfather, he was heavily involved back around 1900 in the rubber plantation industry. And he had done quite extensive exploring in some of the remote island groups like the Solomons. He was contracted by the Dutch government to try and find two Dutch explorers that had gone missing in the Solomon Islands. So he went into some of the remote regions, places that were known to have headhunters dangerous island groups, looking for these Dutch explorers. Now he anchored his boat in Vona, Vona Lagoon, a very remote part of the Solomons near Pararara Island. That was the home of the Roviana tribesmen, which were a headhunter tribe. Now during the night, the headhunters came aboard his vessel and they kidnapped him and his whole crew. He was put in a mud hut with warriors guarding him during the night. When he woke up in the morning, his best friend's head was on a stake outside the mud hut. It must have been horrific. What happened next? He was very lucky to survive. Now, my grandfather, Arthur Bence, was very clever with first aid. Using the first aid kit from his boat, he treated the natives, especially the children. He treated their wounds and the old queen that was in charge of the whole tribe, she liked him. So she allowed him to survive, but he could not leave the island. He was there for nearly six months. Now, my grandfather had to take part when the headhunters raided other villages and islands they'd go out in these big, long war canoes. They would kill the men, kidnap the women and children. The men, they took their heads off. After six months, the old queen in charge of that headhunting tribe let my grandfather go, and he escaped with what crew he still had left. But before he left, she gave him this knife. Now, before 1900, there'd been quite a lot of trading with Solomon Island groups, especially with iron, iron axes and knives. So where this knife originally was made and came from, we don't know. But the queen gave my grandfather this horrific knife. And my grandfather believed it may have been this knife that killed his best friend. Apparently they used it like that and they drove the knife down between the shoulder blades. Horrific way to die. Years later, he gave me this knife and I can tell you it's rather, rather a strange feeling even holding it. Now, many years later, I was contracted by most of the major TV networks around the world, including Discovery Channel and here in Australia on Channel 9. And part of my Wildlife Man TV series, I wanted to travel to the Solomon Islands. But more specifically, I wanted to go to the very island where my grandfather had been kidnapped. So Sue and I chartered a boat and we went to Parara Island in the Solomons. And when we arrived at the island, initially... People were telling us that it was not a good place to go. That even after all these years, that the tribesmen on that island were still not friendly. But I wanted to go there big time. When we brought the boat up to the island, the children were on the beach and we noticed the warriors, the men, retracted back into the jungle. They didn't greet us like other islands we'd been to. So what we did is I played with the kids, invented a few funny games. We got a big long rope and through an interpreter that we had with us, I wanted to tug a war with the kids. So there's about 40 children all hanging onto the rope. I'm on the beach on my own with my feet in the sand and I went go. And of course, they pulled me across the beach and straight into the water. They thought that was hilariously funny. I did numerous funny tricks with my hands and we had them laughing and it gained some confidence with the adults, especially the guys, but they were still pretty scary. We knew that in the middle of that island there was a lagoon and in that lagoon there were crocodiles. And I'd learnt many years ago how to call crocodiles from an Aboriginal elder. So I asked these warriors to take Sue and I and my cameraman to this lake and I would show them how I could call crocodiles. And we trekked through a flooded jungle to this inland lake on this headhunter island. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, ballistic stuff, except it was real. And when we got there, I started doing my crocodile calling and the crocodiles surfaced and started coming towards us. The local tribesmen could not believe what they were seeing. They thought I was some sort of god. So now it was safe to be there. So I asked the chief if they could take us to Skull Island, a little island not far from their island, where over all the years of head hunting, and they say they were doing it for 500 years, Human skulls, men they'd killed, their skulls were taken to this special ceremonial island called Skull Island, and we got permission to go there. When we arrived, it was just bizarre. There are all these skulls placed amongst these coral rocks. One section there, there was part of an old canoe and you took the lid off and there are these human skulls. What intrigued me was my grandfather, his best friend's skull may well have been there. In fact, it most probably was, because that's where they put the skulls. What was very strange was living inside these human skulls were boa constrictor snakes, small snakes this long. I've caught some amazing snakes in my life, some huge snakes and others incredibly deadly. But I had never caught snakes inside, living inside human skulls. And that's what we did there on that island, Skull Island. An amazing story, my grandfather, involved with the rubber plantation industry, going looking for missing Dutchmen, explorers, in a very remote part of the Solomon Island group, being kidnapped, his best friend beheaded and most probably eaten. And he's surviving for six months within a tribe of headhunters, having to actually go to war in the war canoes and living with these people and surviving, and then being set free. And the old queen in charge of the headhunter tribe, giving him this horrific knife that may well have killed his best friend. We've done some research into this dagger, and it's actually a Moro Chris dagger. And they were created in Indonesia and Malaysia. They're used by the Yakan warriors. And they're actually a double-edged dagger, and they're designed to cause the most horrific damage. Well, you get a funny, strange feeling even holding it. And then years later, my wife Sue and I going there and experiencing these people and calling crocodiles in an inland lake and then going to Skull Island and seeing human skulls. It was an amazing experience. But what people don't realise is that headhunting didn't stop that long ago. Missionaries especially were killed by headhunters. Not only in the Solomon Islands but also specifically in New Guinea. A frightening, dark part of the history of the Solomon Island group. But a great story. Now every week we will publish a new Wildlife Man podcast. So if you enjoy, please subscribe. Please share, like, and ring that notification button so you never miss a new story being published. And remember, all my films are available streaming on demand from Vimeo. So that's it from me till next week. I am your Wildlife Man.